Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. Can you believe it's already June? Because I cannot. It's blowing my mind. I don't know where this year has gone. We're already halfway through it. But here we are. I feel like it was just yesterday that it was December. This is bizarre to me. Since it's June, a few reminders. Don't forget to get your ticket for the Wellness Realness Retreat. It's happening July 26th through July 28th, 2019. It will be here in beautiful San Diego. It's going to be the ultimate wellness weekend. Anyone is welcome. I've gotten a few questions if you have to be in my program or if you have to be a client. No, this is for anyone in this community who wants to join in on the best wellness weekend ever. We're going to be eating delicious food from some of my favorite places, including Powerhouse Pizza, Peace Pies, Parakeet Cafe. Kelly Scott from Kelly's Clean Kitchen is going to cook for us. We're going to go hiking, have a yoga class, get acupuncture done. We're going to do nutrient drips and vitamin shots and group Reiki and a lot of different personal development exercises, a lot of deep talks. It's going to be very transformative, I assure you. And this weekend might just change your life in the best way possible. If you are looking to connect with like-minded people and you're just looking for that community and you want an experience that will really transform your health in terms of mind, body, spirit, this is for you. We're going to have a lot of fun and we're also going to get really deep and it's going to be amazing. The retreat last year was one of the best weekends of my life. I had so much fun and the women who went became long-term friends. You're going to meet some amazing people and I'm excited to create some more magic this year. There are limited spaces available. It's going to be a smaller group. There are still a few tickets left. There are only a few spots for VIP tickets. So if you get a VIP ticket, you can have a one-on-one session with me. Or you can get the regular ticket, which includes the full weekend. And you guys, don't forget the epic swag bags. I mean, you've seen my 200th episode giveaway, right? That's just a little taste of the swag you'll get from the retreat. So I want you there. I want to meet you. I want to hang out with you. I want to get to know you and I would love to have you there and feel free to email me any questions you have. If you want to learn more about the retreat, get your tickets and find out exactly everything that's included, go to bit.ly slash wellness realness 2019. That's bit.ly slash wellness realness 2019. I'm so excited and cannot wait to get to know you guys. Again, I want you there. One of the most common things that clients struggle with or people that I talk to in general in this space struggle with is not feeling like they have a sense of community and not feeling like they know people who understand them and get them and this weekend is for you take this opportunity you're going to learn a lot about yourself 
and I promise it will be an amazing weekend. And speaking of transformation and Reiki, I'm excited because I just moved into my new office. I am working out of an office in a different part of San Diego now. So if you are in San Diego and want to book an in-person session with me, just go to ChristinaRiceWellness.com slash services. And if you are not in San Diego and want to do a distance session with me, I have a lot of clients who like to do distance sessions, then you can head to that same link as well to book, ChristinaRiceWellness.com slash services, and also find all information about Reiki, what it is, what the different service options are, all of that is right there on my website. A lot of people ask me how often to come in for Reiki and it really depends on the person and what you're looking to get out of it. People who are actively working through something, I recommend once a week if they can. If you're doing it for maintenance, I recommend once a month. And if you can't do once a month, then I recommend at least once every few months just to keep everything balanced and take care of your energy. It's kind of like getting a massage. You know, if you have a lot going on, you probably want to get massages pretty regularly, maybe weekly. If you are just trying to kind of maintain things monthly, for some people it's just a yearly thing, but probably should be more often. It's kind of similar to that, but I really recommend trying out a session if you're interested in getting more into spirituality as well because it also is sort of like a consultation for spiritual guidance and I have clients who sometimes first come in for the Reiki treatment and then follow-up sessions they would rather do more um, talking and spiritual guidance work and you know pendulum session different readings all of that so you can kind of make your session whatever you want whatever will help you the most I've also had a few people recently ask me, like, what's the best way to stay up to date? I don't always see everything on Instagram, which I know it's algorithm. I want to remind you to make sure you are subscribed to my newsletter list. I send out a weekly email that recaps all the content I put out and my weekly favorites and updates, any useful links. It's all right there. And you get a lot of information from that newsletter. I've gotten so much positive feedback about it. People tell me that my newsletter is their favorite thing every week, which makes me really happy. And you can sign up for that on my website, ChristinaRiceWellness.com. That's also where the membership section is on my site. I know some people were wondering where those posts are. All of the posts that I used to save for clients, that type of information to save for clients, I now post on the membership section of my site. You get weekly blog posts about a health-related topic, a weekly workout, weekly new recipe. It's all right there, ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Speaking of delicious recipes, let's talk about today's guest, Cassie Joy Garcia. I'm sure many of you are already familiar with Cassie. She has been in this business for a long time, and I just love her because she is just such a bright light, so much positivity. Like, if you follow her, you see her. Whenever she talks to her stories, I'm like, wow, you are so positive and happy, and I just love your energy. If you're not familiar with Cassie, she is the editor-in-chief behind the popular food and wellness website, fedandfit.com. She's the author of two cookbooks, the best-selling self-titled Fed and Fit book, and her newest book is called Cook Once, Eat All Week, 26 Weeks of Gluten-Free, Affordable Meal Prep to Preserve Your Time and Sanity. A lot of people need that book. She's also a certified nutrition consultant, the creator of the Fed and Fit Project, and the voice behind the weekly mindset-focused Fed and Fit podcast. 
If you followed along with Cassie's journey, you might already know she gave birth to her daughter Grace in early 2018. After that, just was really motivated to kind of rethink traditional meal prep. Cassie is the pro at meal prep and making healthy eating more accessible to everyone. So she developed Cook Once, Eat All Week, which is just a revolutionary way to get delicious, healthy, affordable dinner on your table very quickly. She shows you how to batch cook just a few basic components each week, and that will give you the entire week's worth of dinners with minimal time and effort. It's really an incredible book. This book has six months worth of meal prep guidance, and it has options for paleo, egg-free, nut-free, and low-carb eaters. I feel like Cassie has just been a voice of reason and balance and realistic healthy living. Um, She's been that voice for a long time now in the health space and the paleo space and I love her outlook on things and how she makes all this so accessible. She's such a genius with all of her recipes and her meal prep. Her book Fed and Fit is one of my favorites so highly recommend you check out all of her content and you can find everything from her at fedandfit.com on social media at fedandfit.com. And her book, Cook Once, Eat All Week, is available on Amazon.com. I also just want to say before we get into the interview, as I was listening back, I realized that I misspoke. Sorry, my brain has been a little all over the place. But during this interview, I mentioned a study done about exercise and I said that in the study they were doing Taekwondo. They weren't doing Taekwondo, they were doing Tai Chi. I feel like I've been bringing up this study a lot recently. I'm not sure why. In this conversation, I accidentally said Taekwondo instead of Tai Chi, but it is Tai Chi in case you wanted to look that study up. Just wanted to clarify that for you. So now that I've cleared that up and you know a little bit more about Cassie, let's go ahead and hop into the interview. Why don't we just start off by you give a brief introduction to yourself to my audience. They want to know all about Cassie Joy. (laughs) Well, hi, everybody. Like, my name is Cassie Joy Garcia. I am the owner and founder of a online blog evolved into somewhat of an uh, online magazine called Fed and Fit and been doing that since 2011. It's been a wild ride. I'm a certified nutrition consultant, and um, I my second book is hitting shelves April 23rd. So it's just a really exciting time. I'm very excited for you. You amaze me with the content you pump out. I have no idea <laughs> how you do that. Um, but I, I, I mean, you're like one of the OGs in the paleo space, I feel like. And I want to learn more about what got you started with Fed and Fit. So Fed and Fit started, it was, I'm one of those, like so many of us, right? We had our own health transformation and health story. Um, and I just wanted to kind of share some of my lessons learned. And that's what really predicated. Did I use that word correctly? Yeah. <laughs> predicated. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Fed and Fit. Just kidding. <laughs> having, having an actual editor for a book has made me a little lazy about... <laughs> what words mean what I just throw them out there and maybe if they work she she lets it slide anyways um I would say the thing that predicated we're gonna go with it my the starting of fed and fit is I had spent 
I was in my early twenties when I started Fed and Fit and I had spent, gosh, I don't know, six, seven years doing all of the diets. And I really don't say that lightly. I'm sure I, I'm sure there were some I didn't touch on, but I felt like I had tried everything. And, and I also had this misconception of what health really meant because there wasn't a whole lot of conversation back then. This is before Instagram, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, um, and there wasn't a whole lot of conversation back then about what true health looks like. And when I went to school and college, I didn't know that food quality made a difference in, um, you know, in health and how I was feeling. I thought it was all about quantity and calories. That's what it was all about. Right. And I just, I found myself getting larger and my pants didn't fit. And I thought, well, gosh, I, I got a diet. I guess that's what that, this means. I'm now 19 and this is what 19 year olds do. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an adult. And I just, so that's what I did. And I just jumped into it. Diet Dr. Peppers all the way. I threw out my regular Dr. Peppers and I got the whole wheat wraps and <sighs> I would skip breakfast in order to, you know, to save on calories. And then when, of course, that didn't really work, I started following actual diet programs, South Beach, Atkins, you freaking name it. And I did them all. And I'm a, I'm a nerdy student. I'm a front row detailed notes kind of girl. So I followed <laughs> these things. I followed these things to the letter. And as soon as it was over, right, as soon as the 30 days, 28 days, whatever it was ended, I did not know what to do with myself. And all of a sudden, I had this laundry list of foods that I thought were evil right? And it just, I just wound up after years of this yo-yo dieting, losing weight, gaining weight back, but still never feeling great, not really having the energy that I was looking for. Um, I just got fed up with it. And I was tired of, of being afraid of whatever food I was going to put on my plate. Then I decided, you know what? I'm not a dumb-dumb. I can probably figure this out for myself. And so I, because professionally, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I didn't know if I wanted to go to medical school. I went to Texas A&M University and I was pre-med there. I studied entomology as my major, but it was kind of a fun house for me to hang out with really cool professors and cool students. We studied bugs and I was pre-med. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And so I worked for a doctor who did a little bit of everything that I thought I might want to do. Right. Um, I would get some experience from the medical side. Is that a route I want to pursue? Do I want to do healthcare administration? Do I want to do public health? And she also had a huge focus on nutrition. And I thought, well, let me just see what that's about. And that's really where I think everything collided at one point, not only my personal health and focus on nutrition, but professionally, because it was in that experience, I realized that you, I could make a huge impact on people's lives by empowering them with information that could maybe keep them from having to go to the doctor and, you know, being these chronically ill patients that we were seeing week after week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought, why can't I do that for myself? And so did some research, discovered inflammatory versus anti-inflammatory foods. And I built this whole protocol for myself. And then all of a sudden I figured, I found out that someone else already did it and they called it paleo. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, and it worked. I mean, I, my body changed. Yes. But I didn't realize how tired I was until I had more energy back. I didn't realize that my joints my, the pain in my knees and my hips was optional until that was gone. And, um, I mean, I slept like a baby. My mental clarity was there. I felt like I was finally firing on all cylinders for the first time in a decade. 
And so I, at that point was a dog with a bone. I was going to figure out a way to make this not a diet in a real life. And then I was going to try to share that with the world. I love it. I'm, I'm curious a little bit more about what was your experience like when you did like South Beach and Atkins? Like, I want to know more about what, how, how that went for you. Um, you, I feel, I feel like it's a very predictable story. I got the books. I read the, I, well, I skipped ahead to the part of what to eat. Yeah. Right. And, and I'd read that part. I, I devoured it immediately. And, you know, I, of course I had a preview of online. I throw out all the food in my house that didn't fit. I had make myself a plan and then I would, I would do the diet, but I would try to do it the best. Right. I would mm. try to diet harder and I, well, if, you know, 1500 calories is what they recommend. I'm going to shoot for 12 mm -hmm. and I'm also going to go spend an hour on the elliptical. I'm just going to like really a plus this thing. And of course this is a recipe for disaster and adrenal fatigue and exhaustion and all of those things. And just being so hungry that as soon as it's over, you order an enormous pizza for yourself and you feel it was like baby was out with the bathwater after that point. Um, so I, that's what I did. I followed the programs, but I, I, and then I tried to just make them even better and worse. And I also tried to follow them to the letter as written and I would still yo-yo back. And I just, I mean, nothing changed. My pant sizes would change. I might lose a little weight, but my signs, what I understand now as markers of true health, n there were, re there really wasn't any movement on the needle there because I didn't realize that I was intolerant to a handful of foods that I was eating primarily. What were those? I am majorly intolerant to wheat. It gives me major migraines. Mm. Um, now at this point, back then I just kind of lived with low grade chronic headaches as along with stomach aches and bloating, all that stuff. I didn't realize that, you know, that constant stomach bloat was optional. Um, I don't do well with dairy, but I eat it anyways <laughs> <laughs> at this point. Um, gosh, what else? I don't do well with a whole lot of nuts, especially almonds. Mm -hmm. And I try to avoid those still today. What else is on there? I don't do well with, with a lot of beans, a lot of legumes, mm -hmm. Um, so those are pretty much the big ones, which is why paleo was such a good fit for me. Yeah. So you entered into the paleo space and did you, I mean, within paleo, I feel like there's all these, <laughs> these like mini subsets of like diets within paleo. And so have you ever mm -hmm. toyed around with like within paleo? Yes, I definitely have. I mean, I'm, I'm team. I tried, I, when I named fed and fit, I was very purposeful and not wanting to tie myself to paleo because I, you know, it's always going to move, right? Mm -hmm. What people are talking about and curious about is always going to move. And I didn't want to make it singularly diet focused. Um, so in that, I feel like it's given me a little bit of freedom. My first book fed and fit, which came out in 2016, I published what I called the feel good reset and it follows somewhat of a paleo template, but I am pro I'm actually I'm actually, I'm one of the rare, maybe nutrition minds in this field that says, if you can tolerate wheat gluten and rice and beans and dairy and all of those things, by golly, you go have them. Because at the end of the day, as a nutritionist, right, that part of my brain, I want you to be able to eat as many nutrients as possible. I don't want you, it's not a game of, you know, what can we whittle this down to the fewest ones that are the most benign for you? The idea is, 
heal yourself and then try to incorporate and expand and diversify your plate as much as possible. And so in the project, I walk folks folks through that, um, which is what we have in the book. And so that's been interesting. You know, I'm definitely have always been, been team rice, you know, white <laughs> rice, especially, um, I am fine with beans. We have beans in several of our recipes that are coming out lately because it's just more of a, I mean, I'm just, I think I'm thinking of the families that just want to get dinner on the dang table. And sometimes mm-hmm. you just pour a thing of beans in there. If your kids will eat them, maybe it's a little bit of extra protein that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Yeah. <clears throat> it's interesting. Like you bring this up. I feel like now that more and more people are becoming aware of how their nutrition does impact their health and more people are moving towards like a paleo template or anti-inflammatory template in terms of their diet um, and it's getting popularized on social media, it really seems to me that people are trying to like get their food list down to as little as possible and then they stay there and like they're using Mm -hmm. elimination diets as long-term diets Um, yes. And so maybe you can speak a little bit to like, what's the problem with that? Like if you're on an elimination diet and you're never trying to expand from there. Oh, you're just leaving out micronutrients, like entire categories. Um, you, I I just, there's, there's so, gosh, if you think about the, the rainbow of fruits and vegetables that are available to us, um, and all the vitamins and the minerals, every single food, every food type, whether it's an actual animal protein, a fruit, a vegetable, or a fat, all of them, they're all going to have their own unique makeup of different kinds of amino acids, different kinds of fatty fatty acids, right? Different kinds of vitamins and minerals and all sorts of things that make up its own perfect little form, perfect little food. And when we eat these things in combination and we take a little from all of those categories, what we wind up with is a really well-balanced nutrient intake. And that's the goal because our bodies need a wide variety. Um, and so I just like to think our food is, our food can be medicine and you can think of it as a multivitamin if it's as varied as possible. So folks who get stuck in an elimination diet, you know, they whittle themselves down and they get there and I get, I get wanting to stay there. I get it. For a lot of those folks, maybe this is the first time they have felt well, and I don't want to rush them out of that place, but I do want to encourage that maybe they very strategically think about some slow and purposeful reintroductions, right? Don't, like I said, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Don't just go order a deep dish pizza and throw yourself back in with crummy oils, dairy, you know, bread, all of those things, but choose one thing at a time. White rice is a really good example but you know, cook up some white rice with some fats that you have been using and enjoy it or a normal serving of it. And then take notes of how your body responds after that, whether it's an hour afterwards, six hours, 12 the next day in the next day after that, how are you feeling? How's your fatigue? How's your digestion? And that'll kind of tell you, are you ready for some of these reintroductions? And that is actually what we walk folks through in the project. The purpose of it is to get through that feel good reset so that you can start testing and seeing which foods work for you. Yeah. And I'm curious, like maybe you can explain to people why you like white rice is something to try reintroducing. Um, I like it because I, I get, man, I got really bored of all of the veggie based starches out there. Mm. If I'm being really honest, I love, I love squash. I love beets. I love plantains. I love all of those vegetable based starches, but they got old and I missed being able to make I, know, I, I miss being able to just put a cup of rice on the stove 
and cook it up and serve it next to a beautiful piece of fish and an arugula salad. You know, it just, it missed that kind of flexibility. And so it's just, it's a, it's a white rice is pretty much just a pure starch. So I wanted from a macronutrient perspective, I like to have starches on my plate, carbohydrates on my plate as often as possible. That really works for me. Um, and it was just a means for variety and feeling like I wasn't restricting myself. Yeah. And speaking of macronutrients, how do you usually guide people towards figuring out what macronutrient ratios like work best for them? Like, do you have any tips for people to start with? You know, this is definitely not my corner. (laughs) Um, I've worked with some folks one-on-one in the past, but I have, I, I really try not to get into biohacking or nutrition hacking exact nutrient numbers that folks should be hitting. I think I just, if that's something that folks are interested in, I think that there are much more tuned in minds out there that are going to be able to provide that information. I tend to be, I tend to lean way more onto the intuitive eating spectrum of Mm -hmm. nutrition, right? I'm definitely much more in the camp of, um, listen to your body and eat what feels well, whatever you're feeling good in a workout, follow that because especially for women, those macronutrient ratios are going to evolve throughout the month, mm-hmm. right? There are going to be certain phases of our cycle where we're go- that carbohydrate percentage needs to be higher. The, the protein and the fat percentage then will also need to be higher at certain phases. And so it's hard for me to give an ex- a number or even a range because it's just so variable. Yeah. Well, I think the intuitive eating topic is really interesting because I think a lot of people want to do that, but they feel really out of touch and don't even know how to start intuitively eating. Yeah, it's it sounds it sounds really lofty. I think that the if anybody's curious about intuitive eating, the way and this is what we walk folks through in that first book and it's a good resource and really it's an old it feels like an old book at this point, but it's got some good stuff. Um, but we walk folks through journaling and that's how you get to a point where you're able to listen to your body is you almost invite a third person to the conversation in being your journalist, your journalist, your <laughs> journal. Um, and it almost becomes, you become your best coach in these situations because nobody knows you and knows what you're feeling and your stomach and your energy better than you do. And there's something about writing it down that gets it out of your head and makes you not second guess it. Right. And so I think that if you're in, in an example of, let's just dial down to hydration, right? Water. Mm-hmm. And you, in intuitive eating, water, hydration is a part of the intuitive eating conversation. How much water is right for you? And that's going to be different because we all know that eight cups of water isn't going to fly for every kind of body out there. Uh, and of course, I've got a rough equation that I like to walk folks through that takes that it takes into account body weight. But that still doesn't mean it's going to be right for you. So let's say one day you wake up and you are feeling really thirsty So you write down, I was really thirsty when I woke up, I had a parched mouth and I was kind of sluggish at work. And I then felt pretty sluggish in my, in my afternoon workout. And then I slept very restlessly. I, if you were also charting your water intake, you might then see a correlation. Wow. I really drank about half as much water the day before. Cause I was super busy. I was traveling than I did that day. And that's the really one of the only variables that changed. And that once you start to understand and debunk what's going on in your body, as even with a basic thing as hydration, you st- it starts to become more intuitive. So the next time that you're feeling tired in your workout, intuitively, you're going to think because you took the time to journal and learn from it. Oh, this is probably because I'm dehydrated and I didn't drink as much water yesterday. I'm going to go ahead and get, have myself a huge glass of water right now. 
Yeah, I think that the journaling helps so much because, first of all, you can't, when you see it on paper, you can't avoid it. And like you said, it's like we have so much in our heads and you have to like write it down to actually be able to see the correlations. Um, and hydration, I think is like, we think of it as basic, but I feel like there's so much confusion around it because like that's one of the most common questions I get asked, like how much water to drink. And I think that it's kind of, the confusion around it is, part of what's kind of happening with social media where people are just really trying to tap into rules and they want a rule like they want a specific equation mm-hmm. rather than like what you're saying listening to your body and they're like this is the number I drink every single day like this is the correct number and like we're looking for a right or wrong like amount of everything right we don't want to think and yeah. I get it it's it's so much easier to not think and to just be a drone and wander around and just do as you're told in this industry. But at the end of the day, everybody is so different. You look, think, act, behave, and react differently than your sister, someone very close to you, right, genetically. And so it makes no sense that the, the exact kind of food and hydration and sleep and all the other things that are going to make her well, that exact template isn't going to fall same for you. And so we do need to personalize it as much as possible. And I've seen folks think, well, you know, I'm just going to hydrate to the max. And they wind up essentially not taking in any electrolytes and they feel kind of like their head is swimming and they have just, they have too much water floating around and not enough salt and potassium. And so it's just really interesting. If we just listen to our body and we pay attention to what we're doing, we'll be able to really take care of it. Speaking of hydration, I want to take a quick pause from this conversation with Cassie to tell you about one of my favorite new kitchen appliances, which is the almond cow plant-based milk maker. As a nutritionist, I don't recommend most people consume milk. I do recommend replacing that with a nut milk option. And I know that when it comes to nut milks, there are a lot out there on the market at the store, but I really prefer for people to make their own at home because it's cheaper, it's better for the environment, and you know exactly what's going in it, so it really ends up being much healthier. Sometimes I'm honestly appalled when I go to the store and I see all of the ingredients in nut milks. You think you're getting almond milk or cashew milk and then you look at the ingredients and you see different gums, thickeners, you see guar gum, you see sugar, you see coconut sugar or you see cane sugar or you see sunflower lecithin or soy lecithin or carrageenan or a number of other unwanted ingredients. You do not need all of those added ingredients to your nut milk. You just want the nuts, water, maybe some sea salt, maybe some spices, but you don't need any of those fillers because a lot of those are actually gut irritants and can cause inflammation in the body. So I definitely prefer to make my own nut milk at home. The thing is, I'm honestly kind of lazy (laughs) and I don't usually think ahead of time. Like I don't usually think ahead of time, oh, I'm going to need nut milk for this. I kind of want it quickly. And when you make it at home, often, you know, you have to soak the nuts or the seeds if you're using seeds and then you uh, blend it, put it through the strainer, squeeze it out. It's just this whole process and your girl doesn't have time for this. And that's why I'm obsessed with the almond cow because all you have to do is pour some nuts into this machine. You don't have to soak them beforehand. Pour in the water. It tells you exactly how much to put in. You can throw in any extra spices that you want in there. And then you press the button. And in under a minute, you have a fresh batch of delicious, healthy nut milk. It's ready to go. I love it. And then you just pour it into a jar, a glass jar, and you're good to go. I just made some the other day. I made 
a walnut milk with cinnamon, vanilla, some sea salt, and I love how you can just customize it. So you could do almond milk, walnut milk, cashew milk, you could do hemp seed milk, you could do pumpkin seed milk, you can do any nuts or seeds, and then you could also add in any spices you want. So I like sea salt, I like vanilla or cinnamon, or you could do chai spices or sort of a golden milk flavor with like ginger and turmeric. You can go whatever way you want, and I love that you can customize it yourself, and it is so fast. Honestly, the first time I used the almond cow, I was – I had no words. I didn't realize how quickly it was going to be, and then you just you just pour out the milk. You pour the milk into a jar. You're good to go, and it's super easy to clean up. You just rinse it out, and you're done. So I don't have to think ahead of time. I don't have to remember to soak – my nuts or seeds ahead of time. I don't have to go through that whole process. I hate dealing with those strainer bags. So this makes it so much easier. And then you're just left with a pulp and you can use that pulp. You can save it. You can make some of my nut milk pulp hummus, that quote hummus, that's on my blog. You can put it in some pancakes or waffles or put it in a smoothie as a thickener. So you can save that as well if you want to reuse it. This is also great if you have any type of intolerance to any certain nut or seed and you have a hard time, you know, if you can't do almonds and you're like, everything is almond milk or you can't do cashews because you're low FODMAP or if there's any certain nut or seed that you do best avoiding, then you can just make your own and you can make cool new flavors. And it's so much cheaper than buying nut milk at the store. I look at the prices and it's honestly ridiculous. You can make like six cups of nut milk for a couple dollars less than that versus paying 10 to $12 at the store for clean brands of nut milk. And this is just better because you know exactly what's going in it. You don't have to worry about any hidden ingredients, any hidden sugar, any hidden fillers or lecithins, gums, all of that that could disrupt your digestion and throw off your hunger signal. So it's just delicious, pure, amazing nut milk. And this is so much better for the environment because you are avoiding using plastic bottles, which sadly the nut milks at the store are held in. So if you want to try out the almond cow machine for yourself, just go to bit.ly slash almond cow Christina and you can use my discount code Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A for $15 off. They sell both the almond cow machine and some glass jars, which are really helpful. Honestly, this device I highly, highly recommend if you like to make smoothies, if you like to do some dairy-free baking. If you just like having nut milk, if you like having lattes, get this machine. It will save you so much time and money in the long run. I'm obsessed with it. So again, you can find all the information at bit.ly slash almondcowchristina and pick yours up there. And just use my code Christina for $15 off. Now that you're ready to prep some nut milk, let's hop back into this conversation with Cassie Joy Garcia. Kind of related to this. I mean, we talked about the fed part. What about the fit part? Tell me about your um, relationship with exercise and how that's changed over the years. Oh, man. Well, when I first started fed and fit, (laughs) well, even now, even now, I am not an athlete. I am not a natural athlete. Mm -hmm. I am like a baby deer walking in when I comes to gym and sports. I love sports and I tried out for all of the teams and they would give me the pity manager position in (laughs) middle school. (laughs) The only sport that I'm somewhat decent at is golf. And that's because I've been able to work on it for 25 years. 
Uh, and even then I am not that good. I can just barely not embarrass myself. Um, <laughs> I would say that when it comes to fitness, I was very intimidated and had a misconception. I thought, you know, I it was that I've, if I ate a pack of Oreos, then I just need to go spend an hour on the elliptical at the gym, you know, when I was in college and I really thought it was calories in calories out in that regard. But just like when it comes to food, it's more about quality than quantity. It's the same when it comes to fitness. It's more about quality than quantity. And I thought I need to turn everything on its head because how all these wellness pursuits that I had chased down via diets and all of the other fitness things that I had chased down because they weren't working. I said, I need to turn this on its head. And so I did something really scary in early 2011 and I joined a CrossFit gym and I'm very, I was terrified. I mean, the people that pick up free weights, I thought those are real fitness people and I have no <laughs> business being around them. Um, but I just swallowed my pride and showed up at a class. And, you know, almost nine years later, I've been doing CrossFit ever since in conjunction with some running because I enjoy it. It's almost therapeutic to me and yoga. Um, and I just say it's like, it's turned into a nice mix of fitness. And I think that if you are one of those people who feel like fitness isn't for you, or you just haven't found, you know, you're just not one of those people, you know, maybe soccer wasn't your sport or CrossFit isn't your sport or yoga isn't your thing. It doesn't mean that there isn't a fit out there for you, a fitness fit. And so I would just say, keep experimenting and keep trying new things because the important thing is to enjoy movement. Yeah, I would definitely, definitely agree with that. Um, I think also like a lot of times people go head first into it. Like they're trying to do something that they hate. And I actually was listening to, are you watching the broken brain docuseries right now? No, tell me everything. Well, you know, Mark Hyman, like he has, um, did you, do you know what that is? Have you heard of it? No. Well, Dr. Mm -mm. Mark Hyman. I live under a rock. Okay, Dr. Mark (laughs) Hyman, you know him, right? Yes. Okay, so he put on this broken brain docuseries, like I think a year ago, and it's basically just like eight days, um, one to two hour episodes all about how to repair your brain and then he did a part two that's going on right now and it's the last day and they were talking all about exercise and this guy was talking about these studies um that actually show they had two groups both doing taekwondo and one group did not like it and the other group did and like all of the health benefits only came to the group that did enjoy it um, interesting. And I had never heard of a study actually that ever compared that to like, you know, even if you think you're doing quote, the best exercise, you're not going to get the benefits if you don't like it. And like, I think, you know, we hear that advice, like, oh, do what you like, but people will still think, no, I should just do what I think is going to get me the best results when really you're not even going to get the same results if, if you don't like it, which I thought was super fascinating. <laughs> that is so fascinating. That's so interesting. Yeah, so I believe it. I completely <laughs> believe that. I believe it too. Um, also, something I wanted to ask you since you've been, I mean, because, okay, what year was it that you started Fed and Fit? 11. Okay. Yeah, so you've been doing this for a long time and you've seen the whole, I'm going to say paleo space, like, but really this whole like health space, you know, and blogging probably change a lot over the years. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious kind of what changes stand out to you that have happened in the last however many eight, eight years. Oh, I mean, I remember when, gosh, there was like, we joked it was white potato gate. 
you know, <laughs> our white, our white potatoes, paleo or not, our, um, is there was, then there was white rice gate, you know, is white rice paleo or not? Is dairy all of a sudden paleo? Um, I mean, it was just every, cause if I went to Chipotle and I got white rice on my bowl, I, there was, we, this doesn't happen anymore, but there were a lot of questions about, I thought rice wasn't paleo. And so I think that what I have really seen evolve is an understanding that, uh, most people keep tweaking their, their foods list and paleo was used as a launch pad for a lot of folks, but not everybody stays there. And I think it's been really neat. I've seen paleo cause when paleo hit, everybody was really excited about, um, about another diet. And it has essentially, I think people have become more understanding and tolerant of adjustments and tweaking and personalizing. Yeah. And what about like Instagram? How did Instagram change your business? Um, Instagram changed my, you know, gosh, what Instagram allowed me to do was connect with my readers more easily. Mm. It before Instagram, everybody went to a blog post and commented. And, and I, so I take that back. I was able to interact with people in a blog in that regard. And now nobody comments on a blog anymore. Um, hardly ever. The only reason that they do is we get the occasional troll or we, or, um, or somebody will take the time to tell me, you know, if they really liked a recipe or how it turned out. Uh, or if I always ask if somebody does some sort of a dietary modification to one of our dishes, you know, if they try uh, an egg free version of with their own formulation, I love when they share that in a comment, um, so that other folks can see it and use it if they want it. Um, so I would say that the comments have gone down a lot. Interaction has gone up quite a bit because it's made it much easier to talk to folks on a daily basis and show more real life. So I would say that that's been, that's been good. It's been also easier to associate with my colleagues on Instagram, mm. you know, because back in the day, the old blogging days, we just had a follow my friends page, you know, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah. Everyone had a, had like a, here are my friends or here are the accounts that I hear the blogs that I read. And that was where I would have linked to my friends. I would have linked to Julie and Diane and Liz Wolf and all of these other people, Michelle Tam. And, and instead on Instagram, I get to reshare their stuff on my stories. And so it just makes it a little bit more real time. Yeah. Do you, does it make you sad though, that the comments are gone on the blog posts? It does. It does make me a little sad because it was so fun to be able to jump onto a blog post and and you, I still, it's not fair. There are so, if anyone's listening that happens to read my blog and comment on it, I see you. Um, so because there are still some people that comment, it's just gone down quite a bit. And it, it was just, it was more of an adjustment, you know, online social media and a blog isn't just an old form of social media is ever evolving. And I think you just, I've just gotten really comfortable with change. Yeah, you have to be. Um, I, but I always tell people if you comment on my blog, you're one of my favorite people. So <laughs> I love commenters. It does. Cause it's like a lot of people, you know, don't take the time to do that. So when people do, I always remember them. 
Um, like, not that I don't remember other people, too, but special note if you comment on, on the blog. You you do remember names, though, people who comment and share your content um, mm. on a pretty regular basis. I've met several of these folks at book signings and events, and they'll be like, hi, Cassie, my name's so-and-so. I've been following you for years. And I'm like, you come here and give me a hug because I know exactly who you are. <laughs> That's the best. That is the best. Yeah. We're going to take another quick break for a second. I want to remind you guys about one of my favorite companies, Four Sigmatic. If you're not familiar with Four Sigmatic, Four Sigmatic is a company that is on a mission to popularizing mushroom consumption. They make drinking mushrooms and superfoods delicious and easy to do with their mushroom coffees, mushroom superfood blends, and mushroom elixirs. These are a part of my everyday routine and I honestly cannot live without them. Beyond the Portobello, there is an entire kingdom of mushrooms out there, many with amazing health benefits that have been studied for centuries. These health benefits include everything from immunity to energy, longevity, cognition, stress relief, and more. So we're talking about functional mushrooms that you've probably heard of by now, like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane. You might have heard of some of the health benefits of these different functional mushrooms, but you might not really be sure how to incorporate them into your routine. And that's why I love Four Sigmatic because they create different blends that come in single serve packets or full tins for at-home use. And all you have to do is mix the little, it's just a little powder. You mix that in with a cup of hot water, or you can put it in with some nut milk for more of a latte style drink. You can also mix it in with a smoothie, a shake, you could bake with it, but I typically just mix it with some hot water or nut milk. And then you have a delicious drink, tastes amazing, and has a ton of health benefits. They're also very effective. So you are getting 500 to 1500 milligrams of dual extracted mushrooms per serving. This is the most potent product on the market and the ingredients are of the highest quality. They only use wildcrafted or law-grown and certified organic mushrooms and they test their products for pesticides, heavy metals, irradiation, and mycotoxins. Some of my favorite elixirs that I use every day include the reishi. This is their anti-stress mushroom elixir mix. I just mix this with hot water or some warm nut milk before I go to bed, maybe two hours before to help me wind down. It's great for stress relief. It's great to promote sleep. If you have trouble falling asleep, try out the reishi mushroom to help you chill out before bed. In the day, I love to drink the cordyceps for natural energy. This is great for athletes. It's great for energy and performance. It's an adaptogen, not a stimulant. So it will help you produce and maintain steady energy levels, and it won't give you that spike and crash like caffeine can often do. It's helping your body create its own energy. I also love the Chaga Mushroom Elixir Mix. This is the mushroom elixir that got me hooked on Four Sigmatic. I tried this a few years ago and was hooked ever since. The Chaga is their immune boosting mushroom elixir. Chaga is called the king of the mushrooms for a reason. It's incredible for immune health and its powerful antioxidant properties. If your immune system needs a little bit of extra support go for that one and then also their lion's mane this is great if you really want to support your brain your nervous system if you need to concentrate if you need to boost your memory and it's really great if you are studying reading writing just need to get in the flow state i love the lion's mane 
If you're a coffee drinker, check out their mushroom coffee mixes. One comes with cordyceps and chaga and the other with lion's mane and chaga. So this is going to give you coffee without the jitters. It'll give you more of a balanced type of stimulation rather than a spike and crash. This is the only coffee I can drink without flying off the walls for the next two days. I can drink this and go to sleep like a normal person. All you have to do is add hot water to it, stir, you're good to go. And don't forget about some of their latte mixes. I love their mushroom golden latte mix. If you love golden milk, go for that one. Their mushroom chai latte mix is absolutely delicious. It's often sold out, so if you see it in stock, check that one out. They're just so great because you just add water and you have these little lattes. Their mushroom cacao mix, great hot chocolate, and it's not too sweet. I often don't like prepackaged hot chocolates because they're like too sweet. This one is not too sweet. It's so delicious, and I can go to sleep after I drink it because it's balanced out with the reishi, which is amazing. And if you are a matcha lover like me, that is my, if I'm going to caffeinate, that's my caffeine of choice. Check out their mushroom matcha latte mix if you want a latte or their mushroom matcha drink mix. So that contains lion's mane and ginger. That one isn't a latte form. It's just the matcha. I love matcha. It tastes so good. Tons of antioxidants. I am here for it. Four Sigmatic also sells edible skincare. They have a brand new protein powder. They've got all the goods. So if you haven't tried out their products by now, now's the time. Go to foursigmatic.com CRW and you can use my discount code CRW for 15% off. That's foursigmatic.com, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash CRW and you can use my discount code CRW for 15% off. I'm actually drinking some chaga as we speak. My my mug is next to me. And I should get back to finishing this. So I'm going to get back to this and I'll let you get back to listening to this chat with Cassie Joy Garcia. Okay, so we were just talking about we saw each other at Lead. Um, tell me more about like what got you started with Beauty Counter. So Beauty, I joined Beauty Counter three years ago. And this this month... And what originally got me started was I had my dear friend, Liz Wolf. She, she, and she's at realfoodliz.com. She literally wrote the first resource I'd ever stumbled across on safer skincare. And back then I think it was called, I don't remember what it's called. Now it's called the Purely Primal Skincare Guide. And it essentially, she was the one who educated me and opened my eyes to this, okay, Cass, you're eating really well, you're taking care of yourself, you're hydrating, you're resting, you're doing all these wonderful things, but what the heck are you putting on your body, on your largest organ? And I didn't realize what a blind spot that was for me, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm eating, buying, spending the extra money on grass-fed beef and pastured chicken, <laughs> why am I rubbing endocrine disruptors on my body every single day? Um, and so I through her guidance many years ago, maybe five to six years ago, I, this is before beauty counters, all I mean by that, I switched out my skincare products and I started using coconut oil and olive oil. And it was as crunchy as crunchy gets, but it's before we had any options. Nobody was making this stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had baking soda and apple cider vinegar in my shower to wash my hair with I was as crunchy as it gets, but I am also a girly girl. I really like makeup and I really like I would like to not have, you know, lines on my forehead before I'm supposed to have lines on my forehead. And my (laughs) skin hated coconut oil. It was so dry. And so after two years of that, my skin was in really bad shape. 
And I, Liz and another friend of mine, RC Vertanian offered to send some samples of this new skincare company. And I thought, yeah, yeah, sure. You get, cause they're my friends. I was like, sure, you can send it, but I'm probably going to ignore it. Because, you know, there's the, at that point in time, there were crunchy skincare companies popping up and a lot of them weren't that great. And anyways, I used it just, I don't remember why, or it was, I used a sample that they had sent and I thought, oh my goodness, this stuff is actually working and it's nice and it feels like a real deal lotion, a real face lotion. And so reach back out, learn a little bit more. Liz told me, and this is really what sold me on the opportunity was she said, this is the skincare company that I would have created. Mm. And I thought, okay, I'm in, tell me what I need to know. Cause I wanted to start using, I was like, I immediately, I started thinking my mom would love this stuff. My sister would love this stuff. Um, and then I really wasn't thinking about using it for my business. I thought I would just be one of those hobbyists. I would join as a consultant for the discount (laughs) (laughs) and I would lay low and not tell anybody that I ever did it. And then I kept using the products and loving it. And my family loved it. And I thought, you know what, what's the harm in just sharing a review, right? A review of a charcoal bar on, on social media, I think is where I eventually did it. And what I found was that my audience was just like me. They were hungry for those kinds of recommendations. They too were tired of coconut oil or they were like, I was never going to do the coconut oil, but I will do a safer face cream. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was, uh, it was just evolved and grew very naturally from there. Yeah. I love that story. And I'm the same. I thought that at first I was just going to like use the products and like not really talk about that and, and use the discount. And then it becomes part of your business. I think that a lot of people, though, have hesitations. And first of all, a lot of them are under the misconception that you have to have a big social media following to be successful with Beauty Counter. Yes, that is a major misconception. Yeah, what you would say to someone who thinks that. No, I would say that the people who are successful that happen to have a social media following are... Uh, the minority in the beauty counter business. The beauty counter now has over 40,000 consultants and I don't know, two dozen of those have large social media accounts and we are not the top earners in the company. So this company beauty counter and the training that they have created is set up to support people who are doing this business in a traditional sense, right? They're hosting pop-ups in their homes. They're sharing with their neighbors. They're talking to the clerk at the grocery store. Like this is not this is not a business that's meant to be done online. We kind of found our way in through the back door. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing that turns people off is like the direct retail model, which is like, it's just such an interesting topic to me. Um, did you ever have any hesitations with like the way Beauty Counter set up? Oh yeah, that was a huge, I was such a stick in the mud about it. And it's because I didn't know anything and I was being so judgy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and again, I didn't know what I didn't know. I... I definitely had misconceptions. I thought that direct sales turned good friends into shallow conversationalists and that, you know, it was like, Oh, so-and-so from high school is messaging me on Facebook. That's so nice. I haven't heard to her from her in years. Oh, she just, she lured me into a conversation because she wants to sell me an energy drink <laughs> or she wants me to sell energy drinks for the low, low price of a $2,000 sign up. And so, you know, I definitely had some pretty severe misconceptions. And it took me joining, this is back, I joined, I feel like before there was a lot of social proof, you know, Mm -hmm. there were, I mean, maybe 
two of my colleagues, really just Arcee and Liz, who were doing this at this time. And so, and not that I didn't trust them, which I did, but I also didn't want to take, I didn't want to recommend a company to my readers that I would not affiliate with publicly. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to learn the company from the inside, figure out what is this? Cause they kept saying that they were different, but I didn't know what that meant. Uh, and so I just learned very slowly, studied the stuff, studied their compensation plan. And I realized this is not a, this is pyramids are actually illegal. This is not a pyramid scheme and this is direct retail. And they really are, they're trying to get products into consumers' hands in the way that they feel most comfortable. You don't have to shop with a consultant. That annoys me to no end. Even today when I want to buy something, you know, from a company and I have to shop through a consultant. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to shop through a consultant. (laughs) I don't know anybody that works with this company. And if I put it out on social media, I'm going to have 50 people (laughs) that I'm going to feel bad that I'm not shopping with all of them. So, um, anyways, you can shop directly from the company. You don't have to go through a consultant. You can, we have pop-ups or you can go through a consultant. And the reason why they chose the consultant model is because Safer skincare is a story best told person to person, and I really believe in that. So I'm I'm in. It's it's it is totally different than I thought it was. Yeah, I agree, and I had the same reservations. And then I feel like it wasn't until I fully understood the mission, like you know, yeah. any any if there was just a beauty shop that opened up with the same products but wasn't being sold through consultants, I might go to that store and buy the products, but I wouldn't feel any urgency to like be a part of the movement and I wouldn't be talking about it to be talking about the mission but like through our model that's what opens up the conversation and like through these conversations that consultants have with their clients it it leads into this bigger conversation of their overall health really and just like a bigger the bigger issue of like the fact that the beauty industry isn't regulated and like what we're doing in Washington which can lead into you know what's going on with their health in general um just raising awareness about it and to me the more I learned about the mission the more it made complete sense like the more this is person to person the better results we're gonna get yep absolutely um and I'm sure that focusing more on this and learning more about this also is really helpful when we talk about like so you I mean you just had a baby Grayson Mm -hmm. um and like I think for parents like, this is such important information to know. Um, but I, I want to talk a little bit more about um, being an, a mom and, like, what that's been like for you and, like, what have been the biggest surprises or, like, how are you feeling around that? <laughs> oh, man. Well, in full transparency, I'm – I mean, life is just different. I – girl, I am – and I, I feel like we're birds of a feather. I love my job. I love what I get to do every day. And I've never been so on the edge of saying cancel the day (laughs) more times, more times than I have since becoming a mom. I mean, like right now, Grayson, my daughter is sleeping downstairs in her room and I had to cancel two interviews earlier this afternoon because she's almost 15 months old and she's running her first fever ever. And it's, and it's a very low grade fever. She's okay. And I know that she got it from the babysitter that we had yesterday because the baby, when I signed the babysitter out, I was like, Oh my gosh, that cough does not sound good. And sure enough, gray woke up with a runny nose and she's been cranky and she's didn't feel good. So, I mean, 
I just, it has definitely put that kind of stuff into perspective. I have childcare here, but she needs me and it's her first fever and I want to be able to put her down. So it has definitely made me more prone to, you know, air quotes, cancel the day than I ever have before. <laughs> Obviously I'm not canceling the whole day because you and I are chatting and she's napping, but it, um, it makes everything. I feel like my schedule now that I'm a mom is penciled in. Whereas before it was gospel, it was in Sharpie, you know, like Mm -hmm. if I've got it on the calendar, it's happening. Yeah. Well, and you have a lot on your plate. Like, I'm not sure how you're um, doing everything you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) It's, you know, you just do a little bit of it all at the same time. I also have an incredible team behind me and it's like, I mean, I, I am almost embarrassed. I'm about to use this analogy because I'm not claiming to be anywhere near where Beyonce is at. But it's like <laughs> you've seen those games where you're like, Beyonce can do it all. I'm mm-hmm. like, Beyonce employs hundreds of people. Can we just like get that straight? Maybe even more than that. I don't know. But you know, I've got an incredible team behind me that they they make me look good. They re- that's really it at the end of the day. And I've been telling them, Cook Once, Eat All Week, this new book that we have coming out um, in just a short little while. The promotion for this and the pre-order eBooks that we've put out, it has been such incredible quality and I'm so proud of what we've done. But if I'm being really honest, if they had not been around to help orchestrate the plan that we came up with many months ago, I think I would have been too tired to do it. And instead they send me notes and they're like, Hey Cass, you need to go on Instagram and talk about blah today. I'm like, okay, okay, I can do that. <laughs> I can do that. But I think if it had been left to me after it, cause after the book goes to the printer, you're just tired and you've been through a whole lot of editing and you just need a little bit of a break. And that's not the time to take a break when it comes to books. And I think that if it hadn't been for them really following through on the plan and spoon feeding me what I need to do, it wouldn't have been as an amazing success as it has been. Well, I appreciate you sharing that because I feel like a lot of moms get really down on themselves because they feel like they should be able to do everything without ever asking for help. Um, And that's just unrealistic. Or even if you're not a mom, just like entrepreneurs, like, you know, never want to ask for help or never want to start hiring because they feel this insane pressure to just do it all on their own. Did you ever like struggle with that? Oh, feeling like I need to do it all alone. Yeah. You know, I had this, I had an emotional conversation with my husband the other night and because mom guilt, I, I really hoped I'd have been immune to it. (laughs) (laughs) I turns out I wasn't, um, I was in it and it's hard. This is my first baby. I'm sure that I'll keep developing that muscle over time, you know, mostly being confident and knowing that I'm doing the right thing by my family. But it's hard, especially with the first baby, because I'm thinking I have close friends and family members kind of judging. Mm -hmm. I get kind of a judgy air, you know, and it's hard to stay confident through periods like that. And there were times where I told Austin, I was like, you know what, I, you know, if I need to, family will always come first and I will put all of this aside. And I just, every once in a while, I have a wild emotional swing in that regard. And of course I I explain that much more fitfully than I just did to you. And there are probably tears involved (laughs) (laughs) and it always comes down to, you know, that's, I'm doing this. I am doing this for my family. I'm chasing this dream so that I can be an incredible example to my daughter in the future that she can do whatever she wants to do. You can have it all. And it's something that Greg Renfrew, the CEO of Beauty Counter, has said before that I love is that mamas out there, working moms, 
you really can have it all, but you can't feel like you're having it all, all on the same day. You know, there, you're not in a single day. You're probably not going to be like, man, I am a bad a business owner. And man, I am crushing this mom game. I'm crushing this wife business. I'm crushing this housekeeping stuff. I am personal carrying myself to the max. Like you're not going to go through, you're not going to feel all of those things on the exact same day. And I think it, knowing that going into it relieves a lot of the burden and a lot of the weight that it's just, you know what? My, for me, my schedule is Monday through Friday from nine to two is when I work. And after that, it's all family time or, and or personal care time. Um, and so it's just, that's just kind of how I've been able to block my time to help me feel better about it. Yeah. I think it's awesome that you mentioned the personal care time. I'm curious more about like how you carve that in and what that looks like for you. Oh, going to the gym is Mm -hmm. how nerdy is that? (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's true. It's those endorphins. It, it really is. And happy people just don't kill their husbands. <laughs> True. <laughs> they just don't do it. <laughs> Legally blind, in case anyone's wondering, I'm not like contemplating murder. Um, so yeah, no, really, I would say going to the gym is a big one. Whenever I like, for example, the emotional outburst to my husband the other night, I was like, I think I just need to go work out. <laughs> I need some, I need an attitude adjustment. Um, I would say personal care for me is going to the gym. It's making myself get up early to do it. And then once I get home from a really early workout, I also get the luxury of tidying up the house of maybe answering a few emails of making sure that, you know, I'm not as much of a bottleneck in my business as I normally am. You know, it just makes me feel so much more on top of the day. And then, and then the rest of it falls into place. I, I like to have my nails painted. It's very vain, but I like to have my nails painted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes after the baby goes to bed, I'll do that even if I'm tired because it just, it just adds this feeling of even if everything's burning down around me, I can at least look at my hands and be like, oh, but at least my nails are nice. <laughs> it's just, I have that one shallow win in my back pocket. I love that though. I think that's a good tip. I should probably paint my nails. I don't even have a kid, but that probably makes me feel good about myself. So um, it's magical. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm going to do that later actually now that you say that. Um, kind of like talking about the gym and like personal care. I, I want you to touch on for a second um, sort of like body image and how your body image has changed from like before you got pregnant through pregnancy and postpartum like what has that experience been for you um my body image has been quite a roller coaster and I talked about this quite a bit on my podcast but I would say man I mean that was a huge part of my coming to health journey back way back in the day and I think that having body dysmorphia right which is where it's in a nutshell, you look in the mirror and you see something other than what's actually standing there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, just something that I endured when I was younger, a pretty severe form. I feel like I'm just, I will always be recovering from that, you know, and in some days it's, I'm better at it and other days I'm not. I think that when I was pregnant and if there's any, um, you know, mama's listening in the first trimester was the hardest part of that phase because you don't have a baby bump and you, I had migraines and the only, and I would just mindlessly eat gluten-free graham crackers all day long. And cause it was like the easiest food I had. 
And I accidentally ordered cases of them from Amazon one time. Instead of ordering two boxes, I ordered two cases. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I was just eating graham crackers. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gaining weight. I don't feel good. I can't eat. I wasn't, hadn't even told anybody I was pregnant yet. And so it just felt like this weird, I, all of a sudden I was paying attention to how I looked and I was trying to justify it. Right. And so that was a weird thing to go through. Uh, and then once I, once we told and Grayson started showing, then it felt much easier. And I felt like the burden was lifted and I just got to enjoy my pregnancy. I gained over 40 pounds with gray. Um, and so I was definitely on the lar- the larger end of the spectrum, but she was such a healthy girl. I had a really healthy pregnancy and the weight was just what it was. And I didn't have weird feelings about that. And then I would say postpartum. So I just stopped nursing her literally a few weeks ago. And I would say until then, I have lost about, I don't know, a handful of pounds, three to four pounds in the last couple of weeks. And because I had held on to about 15 since I gave, since I um, gave birth to her and that 15 just hung on. And I thought maybe this is just my new mom bod. And it turns out, I think it may have just been nursing. I was hanging on to a good amount of that. So it's been a roller coaster. And what I had to learn was that the target moved, right? What I used to think was a healthy me target, right? What an image in my head of what healthy me was has just moved because my hips are wider. My, my ribs are wider. I can't zip up a a dress will fit me everywhere except for around my ribs now. Mm -hmm. And so, cause she was just such a big baby. Um, and so it was just interesting. The target, the target has just moved and it's getting to know an entirely new body. Do you feel like having a child has, made you care less about your body, like what your body looks like? Um, yes, I would say that it has. And this is something I've been trying to share a little bit about is this, you know, there are these swings and trends on social media chatting about body positivity versus body negativity. And I would really like to cast a vote for body neutrality. Like who the heck cares what your body looks like? It's the least interesting thing about you. And I think that having the baby has really helped drive that home for me because this is, you know, what my body looks like in a pair of jeans and the, the, you know, rolls I have over my bra or whatever it is, or the thigh gap or whatever people are obsessing with, you know, that is, that is the least interesting thing about me. Don't comment on my body, comment on this incredible, happy baby, you know, Mm -hmm. comment that I'm more proud of that than I am of anything that my body has ever done. I'm more proud of my business and my marriage and my friendships than anything that my body has ever shown. And so I think that it has definitely helped realign and reposition some of that perspective. Yeah, I think that's a great thing for people to hear. And I'm curious if you could go back and tell yourself, yourself when you were 19, um, body dysmorphia, maybe going in and out of diets, like give that, that girl one piece of advice. What would you tell her? Oh, I would probably tell her that. I would tell her that her body is the least interesting thing about her. What do you think is the most interesting thing? About me? Yeah, at that time, before the baby, what would you tell her? Um, I would tell her that it is her curiosity and and ability to question the status quo is definitely not something I've ever lacked. And it's something that I have realized is not is somewhat rare and powerful. So I would say lean into that because there were some things that I questioned and 
Um, you know, just, I mean, you can just think about it in school. Why am I studying this thing? This makes no sense to me. It's okay to question that. And it's okay to lean into some of those frustrations and curiosities and stay coachable and confident. And you'll be able to carve an entirely different path. I love that. That's a unique one. It's good. Um, okay. I want to wrap up by talking about your new book. So tell me about why you wrote this book. I'm, I'm intrigued. I want to cook once a week. (laughs) (laughs) So cook once eat all week in a nutshell is a series that we published on the blog actually as a part of my maternity leave back in January of 18. And it is an, it's actually how I meal prep, but we polished it up and really made it really user friendly. Essentially what we do is we take a, we, we revolutionized meal prep because so many of us were spending, I was spent me personally, I was spending hours planning my meals, right. On a Saturday, planning through all the things I want to do. And then I'd write my grocery list and then I'd rewrite it by department. <laughs> and then I would, and then I'd go and buy all the things, spend a fortune. And then all day Sunday, like six to eight hours, I would spend on my feet in the kitchen cooking only then to have so much food waste because I only needed half of a bell pepper, you know, on a quarter of a head of cabbage and whatever else is food wasted. And then only to eat leftovers all week long, right? I would just be reheating meals that I made on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, there has got to be a better way. This is taking too much time. It's too expensive. It's too much mental energy. And I want to spend this time and this money and this mental energy elsewhere. I want to spend it other places. Really, I want to spend it with my family, with my baby. And so uh, we came up with Cook Once Eat All Week where we take a, we bulk prep base ingredients. And then I show you how to assemble those into fresh meals throughout the week so that it solves all of those problems. So let's say we take two, uh, we take chicken. So I'm going to have you buy two big chickens and we're going to roast those and then Brussels sprouts and then sweet potatoes. Okay. So your prep day in air quotes is now just essentially cooking or prepping those three base ingredients. And then I'm going to show you how to transform those into three different dinners, whether maybe it is a Buffalo chicken casserole one day. Maybe the next one is a chicken teriyaki, um, spicy something bowl. And maybe the third one is a Greek pizza, right? So three totally different cuisines. You don't feel like you're eating the same foods over and over again. It takes, you're spending no more than an hour on prep day prepping. We give you the shopping lists. Everything makes a whole lot of sense. It's super budget friendly. I'm like, it's been blowing people's minds by how much money it's saving them. And then if you, when you assemble those meals on the day that you're serving them, it's taking 10 minutes to assemble versus having to cook up a fresh meal. And then you get to plate a fresh meal. You're not having to reheat, just reheat leftovers. And it is available for pre-order on Amazon until um, April 23rd. And then it'll be available nationwide. I think this is revolutionary and I need to get everybody this book. I want that book. Do you have, um, what are like some of your top favorite recipes in there? Or like meals? Um, there is a plantain week that is just killer. And we use the plantains to, and plantains are hit or miss. Some people love it. Some people don't. Um, plantains are used to make the, uh, a crust for a pizza. It's a really, really simple pizza crust, no eggs, no nothing. And we use pork in there. We use it to make some bowls and this, uh, green chili verde, um, or gosh, what do we call it? Pork chili verde. My husband, I made that I prepped. This is a great thing to do. If you're leaving town, for example, I like to cook for my family before I leave town. And I cooked that week for my husband before I left town when we went to lead and Austin texted me and he, what did he say? He said something like, um, 
Oh gosh. I don't know what he said. He was essentially the pork was good enough to be his mistress. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's, there's so many fun ones. I love it. Okay. Well, I'm going to check out the plantain meat because I love plantains. I just never know what to do with them, honestly. So that will help me out. <laughs> um, well, I'm really excited to check out all your recipes and excited for people to get their hands on this book so we know you can get on Amazon. But tell everybody where they can find everything else from you. You can find everything about me at fedandfit.com, also on Instagram at fedandfit. And then the book is Cook Once, Eat All Week, or you can search by my name, Cassie Joy Garcia. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me on today. Oh, thank you so much for coming on, Cassie. I love chatting with you. Thank you again so much to Cassie Joy Garcia for coming on the podcast and sharing all about her story and her knowledge and her new book, Cook Once, Eat All Week. On this, you can find her new book on Amazon right now. It's available. It contains six months worth of meal prep guidance. There are tips for storing, freezing, reheating, adjusting the food you need for various serving number needs. They have a macronutrient breakdown for all the recipes, options for paleo, egg free, nut free, and low carbs. It's a really awesome book. You can also find more from Cassie at www.fedandfit.com and on social media at fedandfit. All of her information will be in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you let her know. I love when you guys share your favorite episodes and tag me and the guests on social media. It helps me know when you're loving the content. I know they appreciate it as well. If you're not already in the Facebook group, make sure you join Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. I would love to have you there. And if you haven't already, leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It really helps me spread the word about the show. It also will act as an entry for the 200th episode giveaway that I'm currently running as of when this comes out. That giveaway is running until June 10th, 2019. If you don't know the details, go back to episode 200 and listen in to find out how you can win a ton of free stuff. And don't forget to run to your computer right now. Go to bit.ly slash wellness realness 2019. Grab your retreat ticket and then dance around your bedroom in excitement because you're about to have the best weekend ever. All right, that's all I have for you today. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and I'll chat with you again next time. Bye.